0: Hello, and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Baska, and today I'm speaking with Neil deGrasse Tyson, executive producer, and Scott Hamilton Kennedy, director of Shot in the Arm, an incredible new documentary exploring the anti-vax movement, both historically and in the angry political present. I hope you enjoy.
1: Ariel, is that a gamer chair you're sitting in?
0: That is a gamer chair oh, I am sitting in. Busted. <laughs> Nerd, alert.
1: Nerd alert. There you go. <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, it's really my husband who's the serious gamer in the family, okay. but uh, you know, I well, you're
1: liking it also. So there. Oh it is. yeah.
0: Oh yeah. If the if the seat fits, you know. <laughs> you sit in it. Well, so I am interest. just fresh from my COVID vaccination. Oh, yeah. Literally well done. just got my COVID booster shot twenty minutes ago, but it means that I get to tell everybody on my podcast to go get yourself boosted immediately and then go see this movie shot in the arm which is just tremendous and i i wondered if you could talk a little bit about what made you want to support a project like this first neil and and what made you want to create this scott
2: absolutely thank
1: you yeah so uh, scott and i had worked on one project before by the way i'm i'm an interloper to his universe the filmmaking universe i'm an academic i'm a a public educator this sort of thing astrophysicist and uh so when he came to me it wasn't neil i need your expertise on vaccines because i have none other than what i read like everyone else but i do i think have some expertise on communicating science Mm -hmm. to a public and i think you'll agree but i don't want to I don't want to lead the witness. Mm-hmm. That when you watch this, it didn't land the way a normal documentary would land in your hearts and mind. It it was it was a much the storytelling was emotional and and empathetic, and the documentary part was how we the real science attached back into that, mm-hmm. so that both got carried throughout the ninety minutes. But you didn't ever feel like, well, I have to watch a documentary, so I have to learn something. So I think it leaves a different attitude towards the viewer. So the combination of the science that I helped advise in how it would be communicated and the very natural storytelling talents of Scott, uh, that became, I think, a a a potent combination that led to this product.
0: So Neil, you effectively hid the avocado inside the brownie. <laughs>
2: oh, oh, it's pretty good. Avocado kind of is too healthy. Yeah, we the, the 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 kale inside. No, the, the, kale.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the only the
2: only thing I'm going to disagree with, and I, rarely I'm going to disagree with you, giving me a compliment because I really it's very rare that this. I'm kidding. He's very <laughs> that, is you actually said natural storyteller. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna, when I
1: said that, I said. I don't know if it's natural, but I do know it is well developed within him. That's it, that's it. 'Cause cause some people and I wanted I just want to
2: make the point because there's so many people out there that look at you and go, Oh, he's so na Neil is so natural yeah. at 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 being this communicator. And you're obviously brilliant at it, but you've worked at it and yeah. you've owned it and yeah. you're tightening it every day. And that's the same thing. I am very grateful. To have Neil say that he thinks I'm a good storyteller and I've worked hard to become a good storyteller and filmmaker. And at the same time, it's been a ton of work and it's a collaboration. And I hope I get better and better each day.
1: And with an Academy Award nomination a couple of films ago that you received, right? I know, well deserved. Also, mm-hmm. also also,
2: a great honor, which didn't magically make me a better filmmaker. You, you've had a ton what? Tons, Nor would you expect <laughs> me. but. I know. Wouldn't it be great That's if it was job. like, oh, I got nominated and now going to be? Oh my get goodness! A I thought I thought
0: you immediately leveled up. You went to shame. <laughs> it would
2: be team. nice. It would be nice. It's a great. It's a. It's a. It's like a doctorate. It was a great. It's a great honor. But i we've gotten far afield from your um your question why. So uh, the 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 why of this was quite simply being shocked to see in 2019, a year before we were talking about this COVID thing, um, that there were measles outbreaks. Uh, in pockets of the United States, around Europe, uh, state of emergency. We're in New York City right now. State of emergency in Brooklyn in the Orthodox Jewish community. And I was like, "Why is this? Why is this happening?" And I did a little, like, very fast research to find that in 2000, we'd almost eliminated measles from you know, the, the United States. Like, so why have we gone from almost eliminating 2,000 to these terrifying outbreaks? I
1: mean, it was 2019? basically zero. That's right. I mean, basically it had zero.
2: It had flatlined. Right. Mm-hmm. And then thanks to
1: Andrew Wakefield, as you've seen in the movie, and others, they brought it back. Well, you can flatline at a high, well- Flatline is, is none, right? It's at okay. the bottom. I'll yeah. try not
2: to use, do anything scientific. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, flatline, fine. I'll leave that okay. to them. Uh I use flatline all the time. Flatline is when you time. die, and yeah. here no one is getting measles. So that's a mixed metaphor that I think just confuses.
2: Yeah. I use flatline. Story- I'm talking about storytelling. because you- my, my fellow documentarians sometimes will make a, a documentary at the beginning of the documentary. i try and get this right with my camera. The beginning of the documentary, uh, the environment is good, and we must protect it. And the end of the documentary, the environment is good, and we must protect it. That's not that's not storytelling. That's flatlining. Where with a film like this is what are what are vaccines? How should we use vaccines? Are they saving? You gotta you have to go up and down in the story Mm -hmm. to engage the audience. Okay, sorry, I got I I I went away. No, but it's it's a
0: tremendous arc that you take the viewer on. Really, truly, within this film, and it it is so impressive too that you take the arc in several different directions because you're. Both plotting the story of vaccines and you're plotting the story of science communication and the way that the two intersect in the middle of one of the greatest public health crises ever and it's it's really fascinating looking at the story of how both of those things intertwine and affect the political realities and so for you did you feel like you had to come at this scott from a political angle were you motivated by you, you already said you weren't motivated by science necessarily. So I was motivated by,
2: I was motivated by science communication for sure. I was, and I was motivated. I mean, whatever, what motivates me on every film is looking at this human condition and how we're di- how we're doing. Right. So one individual, many individuals when we wake up in the morning and we attempt to be a good astrophysicist, a good filmmaker, a good father, a good politician, a good doctor, like, how hard is it to maintain that and what pulls us away from that journey, right? There's nobody in the movie that wakes up in the morning and says, Hey, I'm going to go screw this thing, this planet up and, 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 and make chaos. They think they're doing good. So what pulls us away from that? And it's things like baggage, greed, love of power, selfishness, uh, lack of uh, education and what is the what is the scientific method? So all these different things. So that's the that's what always interests me at the beginning is where are we in the story? And this one just had a lot of it that we had the public health officials saying hello everybody. Why are we having measles again? And they and then also telling us the reason that we're seeing measles outbreaks again is because there's some very clever communicators uh disinformation merchants if we would um that are scaring parents into not getting their kids mm-hmm. vaccinated and then covid happened
1: <laughs> so <laughs>
2: we already had a fascinating intense complicated story and then covid took it to the next level what i didn't know when we did the pivot to covid was that it was going to become a movie about democracy and the social contract
1: right mm-hmm. about what is our responsibility as individuals to each other? He would have made a perfectly fine movie if it was just about the measles, because that was a story that needed to be told. But yeah, the the, the mission statement grew mm. once COVID as a pandemic took the toll that it did for the reasons it did. And these were explored in the film. And for me, the most intriguing part is the OG anti-vaxxers were liberals who were sort of anti-pharma, uh, and that's revealed in the measles pockets that opened up in New York and California. You know, it was not in Oklahoma, right? It was not in, in Utah, right? Mm-hmm. It was in these bastions of liberal thought. And then with COVID, with their mandates for the workplace, people started resisting that, and the people who that tended to be the conservative right? You can't make me. I'm. I'm free. Freedom. This and so both camps met on the same side of the fence when they were previously warring factions on opposite sides. I was intrigued by that. That that point is not made explicitly. It's made implicitly as you see mm-hmm. these these uh, partnerships rise up. That's right.
2: And then and then obviously it comes to a head in January six. Not to bit of a spoiler alert everybody that there were anti-vaxxers on a side stage on january 6 spouted del big tree from uh from the film uh spouting more disinformation kind of marrying the disinformation and saying well if you if you believe my lie i'm going to tell your lie If I maybe we can build our audiences up so to your to your question to me was i making a film that was political not at all i was trying to do the opposite of making a film that was political i was trying to underline. What Karen Ernst's beautiful parents say in the film that science shouldn't be political, mm-hmm. right? It's one of the greatest joys of science is that it ha- it doesn't care about country,
1: doesn't care about and the they parents. were and they say it in the film they're Trump voters, right? Right. So yes. and they
2: can be both. I don't have a problem of who you vote for. I mm-hmm. have a problem. I have a problem if you who you're voting for doesn't use the truth fairly. But that's still your decision. So they could do both. They could say that I prefer the political decisions that Trump is making and agree with the, with the, with the science about the public health issues, which Trump did too. He wants to take credit. He wants Eventually. to take credit. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Eventually. But now he'll talk about it very quietly because yeah. sadly his audience has come to uh, say that they distrust in science, even though they're trusting in it 24 seven. Right. I, I, if you ever, if you ever interview uh, a January six or just ask them to tell me something in their life, that doesn't involve science
0: i i will confidently tell you i will not be interviewing in january 6th <laughs> because i don't i don't play that way like i just i can't i can't interact with folks on that level in an antagonistic kind of way interrogating I but where are you but, now
1: by the way where
2: are you where are we speaking to you from
0: I, so I live in the Washington, D.C. area, so okay. I'm actually in Virginia, uh, just south of Washington, D.C., and I'm a filmmaker, podcaster, author, and I do a lot of different kinds of interviews with a lot of different kinds of people. But I've always had as my main mission that I want to only elevate uh, things that actually talk about marginalized communities in some specific way. And so my way into this film was actually the fact that you're exploring all of these issues of scientific experimentation on like the Tuskegee airmen mm-hmm. and other communities like disability groups, et cetera, who've been experimented on by the scientific community in certain. Right, it wasn't the Tuskegee
1: things. airmen. It was uh, the Tuskegee. Uh, I'm University. sorry. I'm right, sorry. Right.
0: I I apologize. I apologize deeply. Can can you correct me clearly for the record? (laughs) Can I ask you, Neil?
1: No, no, sure. So of course the Tuskegee airmen were aviators. um, And, but the Tuskegee experiment was a, a rather diabolical, um, long running, went on for decades, uh, experiment where doctors told black men who, had been infected with syphilis, that they were giving them medicine to treat it, when in fact, they were giving them placebos, even though we had medicine available mm-hmm. to treat it. And their goal was to look at the progression of syphilis over time in different people, but they were all just black men. And so they were being experimented on without their consent. And so this this sowed deep doubt into the uh, efficacy of medical decisions made in this country in the black community. And when I I'm I'm featured for not featured I'm shown for five seconds in the film get, getting my my first uh, COVID shot that I did that at in Harlem Hospital uh, on purpose so that there'd be some force operating within the black community to say yes I'm doing it and so can you right. and that little PR um, setup surrounding it as well so yeah so that that's another reason that people were anti-vax that had nothing to do with the other reasons, right?
2: And the lemonade, the lemonade out of that was that that the horror of Tuskegee led to some of the best safety standards that we have today in making sure that we do have consent and checks and balances in our public health. So at least there was something good that came out of that horror.
0: Exactly. And it's it's kind of impressive in, in so many ways that you tie these horror stories together with the heroic story of what happened with vaccines, where we very successfully come up with a strategy for quashing these powerful, powerful diseases. And yeah. it's such an impressive work, this documentary. I wish you the best of luck with it. I hope you have a fabulous run with it. And uh, I hope to talk to you again later.
2: Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing it with your audience. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for your support. Hope to meet Mm -hmm. you down the road. All right. All right.
0: Take care. Thanks. Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, Take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of lands stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land, and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money, we want your words. A simple RTO Rocks My socks, expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch.